This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church. Stoked you're here. We're about to dive into Ephesians chapter 3. We ended last week with the beginning of chapter 3, but we'll we'll still start at the top here and get all the way through this. And I hope you enjoyed worship and everything. But this is part 4, Ephesians chapter 3. Here we go. Um, If you want to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to pray and we're going to dive right in. So Father, we thank you for your word. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you speak to us, you teach us, you reveal uh, your word to us, empower us to walk with you, God, fill us with your spirit and give us divine revelation. Uh, Show us something we haven't seen, reveal something to us we didn't see. Uh, Give us some fresh bread today, God. We ask you, Lord, all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, let's do this. So once again, um, as we closed last week with chapter uh, three is about Paul's unique call to Gentiles. And so I want to say today, we're going to talk about your unique call, uh, that just as Paul had a unique call to Gentiles, and this kind of is tying into the, the gospel story here, Uh, which is the theme of the first three chapters of Ephesians. He's speaking to Jews and Gentiles. And so um, this is just part of his letter to them, kind of sharing his own calling. And and we can see certain principles of grace and calling that apply to us as well. So let's go to Ephesians chapter three, verse one, and I'm gonna read to verse seven. So here we go. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you, Gentiles. Verse two, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Verse three, how that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse five, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed. Somebody say mystery. It has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Verse six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Beautiful, beautiful stuff here. Verse seven, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. So here, you know, uh, right here in this portion of uh, of verses, obviously he is really speaking of his unique call to the Gentiles. Um, But I love how it's worded here. This really applies to us that it was given to him. This was a mystery. It was hidden. It's a mystery of Christ. He says he made known to him the mystery Um, And this was given to him for the Gentiles. And this grace of God was given to him. Okay. He also says, I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me. And so that all applies to us that that we um, 
are Christ followers because of revelation. My first point is this, you know, we're people of revelation. Okay, like that, that even Paul in another portion of scripture, he said, speaking of him coming to a certain people, I forget who it was exactly, but the, the literal language he used is, I came to you by revelation. And right here he say, man, it's a mystery. So the gospel is a mystery. It's what it is. It's a mystery. It was hidden in God. It's, it's a mystery. I mean, another theme of chapter three could be mysteries or revelation, okay? Um, and we, under, we must understand that we are people of revelation. We are not just people of intellect. We're not just people of study. We're not just people of experience. We are not just uh, people of discipline. But because of Christ and because of how he chooses to show himself, we are people of revelation, okay? And so once again, when it's a mystery, it, it must be revealed. And because it's a mystery, a mystery tells us that the gospel has always been there. Um, Bible says Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world. We were in him before the foundation of the world. So that tells us that the mystery is simply something that has always been there. It's just not revealed yet. Okay. So, so when he says it's a mystery, he's basically speaking of just the infinite eternal wisdom of God that he was holding this. I heard one preacher say that the mysteries and revelation is not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. Okay. It's hidden for you. It's something God has for you. He's just not showing you yet. Okay. So, so, so we must understand that we are people of revelation. We, um, we do not have the intellectual capacity to know all the depths of who and God is. Um, but he chooses to reveal himself to us. He chooses to reveal himself. Okay, and so that's what Paul is saying here, that I am not here because, um, let, me, let me say it this way even, uh, um, his, his unique call to the Gentiles, he's not um, coming to them because necessarily he saw a need, okay? It wasn't coming from him. He's not ministering to them necessarily because um, he just, you know, it just, I, you know, he just had this kind of natural human care or desire for them. I'm not saying he didn't, but that's not what he's speaking of. When he, he is speaking of calling, he is speaking of grace. He's speaking of it being revealed to him that this was a revelation, that the movement of his life toward the Gentiles uh, was a revelation. It was something God revealed. He was literally being led by the Spirit, moving in the Spirit by the leading of God to these people. It was the result of revelation. He in no practical terms or, or means was there ministering to Gentiles. I mean, he is a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, concerning the law blameless, right? I, he was like straight up and down, hardcore um, Pharisee that was actually on the hunt for Christians, dragging them out of houses to get to have them executed. So here, that that guy is now ministering to Gentiles. It's a mystery. 
and it was revealed to him. I'm here to tell you right now that there is your life, your future, the plan of God for your life. You don't know it all. You don't have it all figured out. But God desires to reveal things to you, to unfold things uh, for your own purpose in life. As I said before, we are people of revelation, all right? And so this is what the word mystery means because he used that term multiple times here. He made known to me the mystery. Um, you know, he says here that, that you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, okay? And so mystery here in the Greek, it means, it do, it means not something unknowable, okay? It's not something unknowable. Rather, it is what can only be known through revelation, all right? Say this with me. Say, Lord, reveal to me the mysteries of my calling. Say when we say, Lord, reveal to me the mystery within your word. Say this when we say, Lord, reveal to me the mystery of who you are, okay? Um, in the early church, they, 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 they we're talking, uh, um, you know, second, third um, century, uh, you know, they didn't have a doctrine per se. I mean, they had the scripture, but even at times it was in pieces. It was, you know, being transmitted and sent, but they didn't, you know, there was no like doctrine of repentance. They were figuring this out literally in real time. And so um, because of the lies of heresy coming against the church in the early church, you know, uh, um, you know, Gnosticism, Marcionism, Montanism, these are all three of the, some of the main heresies that emerged in the second century. And because of that, because the reason why, um, you know, why, why they were so maybe dangerous or devastating is because they had this mixture of religion in them and they had a mixture of certain scriptures. So it was kind of deceiving uh, people. And so the early church fathers, you know, in the early church, they, they began to say, whoa, okay, we know who we believe in experience and we are, are reading the scriptures and kind of kind of putting the pieces together if you will but they knew God by revelation they knew Christ by revelation he they had encounters with him okay and then they'd go to the scriptures and it would kind of bring some stability to their encounter and stuff but what they did though in the early church is they started to um, formulate doctrine or creeds and and have councils and so those those councils started to define, started to bring clarity to what they believe, that these are hard, hard lines of who Christ is and who the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are. But what they always committed to and what we see in history is that even though we have those doctrines, we understand that in those doctrines and those boundaries of what we believe according to the word, they in no way exhaust the mystery as to who God is. But once again, mystery, a mystery, this word is all over the New Testament. And it's used of Christ and, and how uh, it was revealed to people. He, he, he is revealed. That's why just because somebody comes to church and goes through the mechanics doesn't necessarily mean they're saved. They have, they have no revelation of Christ. They just, they go to church. Um, but, you know, of course, people with a revelation of Christ, they connect to the body. They're in community. They're part, but... But this must be revealed. Uh, we must be born again. And, and this is not intellectual assent. This is not 
adherence, this outward adherence to a doctrine. This is a revelation of Christ, of who he is, and we are born again, okay? And so once again, the word mystery, it means not something unknowable, rather it is what can only be known through revelation. The gospel can only be known truly in the heart of an individual by revelation. It must be revealed. It must be revealed. Why? Because God reveals it, all right? We need to pray for people that they have a revelation of Jesus, that they encounter him, that they know him, that they truly experience him. Come on, somebody, all right? Okay, so a mystery, right, in this case is something that has always been there. So your calling is there. It's in the mind of God, your path, your future, your destiny, everything you're called to do and be is in God and it is revealed. And, and these things, our future, our path, our journey is revealed at times in a process and through time. So a mystery is a mystery, why? Because it's there, just don't know it. It's there, we just don't see it. The word revelation actually means, he speaks of revelation and mystery. Why? Because revelation, the word revelation means to reveal, of course, but it, it means to take the covers off. That's what it means. The covers have been removed. I, I can see now what I didn't see. That's why in Ephesians chapter one, he's praying for the church. In Ephesians 1, 17, 18, and 19, that, you know, that God would give them to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That, that, that was his prayer. That was his prayer for them, that they would see that they, the covers would come off, that the, their minds, their spiritual eyes are darkened. And they, he prayed that they would have a revelation of this. All right? So, so a mystery in this case is something that has always been there. We just don't know about it yet. Hallelujah. There's more to know about God. You just don't know yet. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. And also from my notes here, um, um, God's plans are in place and always have been, right? Uh, and he chooses to reveal things to us in time, all right? Because he is the beginning and the end, okay? It's a mystery to us, but he knows all things. Hallelujah. We serve a God that, praise God, he's not trying to figure it out. And he isn't up there trying to devise his next plan. He is the end and the beginning all at the same time. Hallelujah. And so here we go. We're going to just get into the kind of the purpose of this mystery revealed to Paul. But let's go. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. I'm going to read all the way to verse 13. Ephesians chapter 8 to verse 13. It says, to me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given uh, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is mystery unsearchable riches of Christ, unsearchable. You know him now, but there's more to know. You, you've experienced him now, but there's more. It's unsearchable. You have not gotten to the bottom of God. He has no bottom. He has no top. The breadth, the width, the depth, the height, the, the manifold, multifaceted wisdom of God. Unsearchable, unsearchable riches, unsearchable. Verse nine, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So he's talking about his purpose in this. Like this wasn't just like, oh, 
I am elevated. I have seen the mystery of Christ. He's saying, no, um, I'm less than the least. This grace has been given. Why? That I should. So he gets into movement, progression in the call of God, action, mobilizing, that I might preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing that he was okay with speaking to Jews and Gentiles and saying, hey guys, this is my calling to bring the Gentiles in, to reveal this mystery to them, right? Um, he, he's very specific. He wasn't canceling out the Jewish community here. He wasn't saying, forget y'all, I don't like y'all. But he was saying, man, this is my calling. This is who I'm called to, right? He was very specific. And I'm telling you, your calling is very specific. Um, and to, to make all, them all see, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold or the multifaceted manifold, it's kind of like a diamond, the, the, the manifold, diamonds are manifold. Uh, they're, they are many-sided, there are many facets, okay? And so it's speaking of the manifold wisdom of God, the multifaceted, multi-sided, multi-dimensions of God's wisdom. Uh, might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Verse 13, therefore I ask, that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Why is he saying tribulations for you? As I shared last week, that he was put in prison for being accused of bringing um, a Gentile into the temple. And, um, and he's saying this to the Gentiles, therefore I ask. He's like, this is my calling. This is my calling. I'm called to you, Gentiles. I'm, this, is, this is it. I'm here to reveal the mystery of Christ, that you are invited into this, okay? And so verse 13, therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. Um, I'm willing to go through this for you. And I wanted to encourage you with this. When you find out who you're called to minister to, you'll go through anything for them. Um, why? It's just part of the calling. There's a price to it. And you, you, you're willing to go through the process, the tribulation for them. Paul right here was okay with being in prison for their sake. And he was saying, which is your glory. So this is like validating y'all. Here I am, ex-Pharisee in prison for you guys. He's like, that's cool. That just shows you how special you are to God. Isn't that beautiful? He's like, man, that, me even being in prison because of y'all, it is for your glory. This is your glory. This is this is to the praise of you. You y'all are worth it. That's what he's saying. You guys are worth it. Look, don't lose heart over this. This is what I'm called to do. And sometimes I don't think we associate calling with tribulation. Many times when we talk about calling, it's like what I want to do. It's what I like to do. It's who I like. It's where I'm gifted. It's uh, you know what I'm saying. It's what's it's my dream. It's 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 it's. it's you know, all that, and I'm, yeah, yes and amen, but, and tribulation though, come on now, and trial, 
and trouble. Come on now, right? He's saying, man, this, he's talking about unique calling, talking about the people he's called to, talking about Christ revealed this to him, talking about, man, I'm going to preach among the Gentiles. This is what I'm called to do. And then he goes on and says, therefore, because and because of all that, I ask that don't lose heart. You guys, I'm going to be all right. I'm be all right up here in Rome, in prison. Uh, don't lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. So we're called, guys, to share with others what God shows us. That's what, he, that's what he's saying here. We are all, we're called to share with others. God, that's what this is saying. Calling is, I'm, is there's somebody I'm called to share Christ with. Calling is there's somebody I'm called to serve regardless of the trouble it gets me in. I'm called to serve them. I might get some hate from my own people, but I'm called to serve them, okay? So, so we're called to share with others what God shows us. That's what revelation is for. Okay, revelation isn't for you to think, oh, I'm so spiritual. Oh, I just have such a vast depth understanding of the word of God. And I just sit in my study and I read the scripture and I'm so knowledgeable, right? No, that is not the end, right? That, to, not to that end. Because he's saying, man, I have, I have revelation of Christ, unsearchable. Man, I got some deep stuff here in my spirit, but this is why it's there, so I can share it with the Gentiles. So here it is my, my next point. Share your revelation, folks. All right, that's what it's for. What's been revealed to you, you're called to reveal it to others. So share your revelation with others. And this last part of Ephesians uh, chapter three, um, starting in verse 14, I'm gonna read to verse 19. Um, and there's a couple more verses here. Um, but here we go. It goes into, I'm gonna read it here in a second, but it goes into prayer. And I believe like when you talk about calling, um, there's got to be prayer in there. <coughs> Excuse me. Prayer, it's, got, it's just, it's got to be there. It's just, it's part of the calling. It is the calling. It's prayer. Okay, because he's like, for this reason, I bow my knees. For this reason. Okay, so for this reason, my calling, the people I'm called to, the revelation I've received, the mystery of Christ, my, the divine purpose I've received. Paul's like, man, and, and all this, I'm saying all this right here. Here it is for this reason, because of the weight of this, the weightiness of this, um, the heart I have that God has given me for these people. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. It's bringing everybody together again, even in this prayer. From whom the whole family. From whom the whole family. Okay, there's, not, there's no elite party in the kingdom. There's no, elitism is not part of the kingdom of God. Okay, but from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Verse 16, that he would grant you. He starts to pray for them. According to the riches of his glory, uh, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height 
to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Okay, he says early, okay, let me finish, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, this prayer is so powerful. I love this prayer. Ephesians chapter three prayer here, but to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Just earlier here, we just read that, speaking of the unsearchable riches of Christ. And now he's saying that this Christ is, this love, to know this love that passes knowledge, the unsearchable riches of Christ, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm telling you here, this is prayer right here. I, I really believe with all my heart that we gotta pray these kind of prayers. And, and this is my last point here, guys, is, um, is that pray for those you're called to. I mean, pray for them. There, I, and I'm not saying, you don't have to be an apostle to be called to people. You don't have to be a pastor to be called to people. You are a Christian. You are of a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You're God's own special people, his peculiar people. We are called, you know, to, to praise him, right? We are a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, right? Um, and so you are an ambassador. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a minister of reconciliation. And so Paul's, in speaking of his calling, obviously he's gonna talk about his prayer, prayers for these people. And and, and there's so many different kinds of prayer, right? There's there's different kinds. There's, there's petition where we literally have literal write down needs there's there's literal needs and i think sometimes if we're honest we we i think we go to god for needs more than him can i can we be honest like yeah and, and it's beautiful like we pray right we're not gonna i mean prayer is always the best answer to a problem right and 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 great but but let's not just pray because of problems let's i mean let's pray because he's God and we want him and more of him, right? And so even in this prayer, it's this is for their spiritual condition. This is for their spiritual growth. I mean, look at the words of these prayers. I believe we gotta, we gotta pray like this, right? Look at this, like, you know, um, that he would grant it to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And he's praying that their spirit man would be strong. He's praying for their spiritual condition, praying that God would strengthen them. He's praying, verse 17, that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith, that they would be rooted and grounded in love. Like that's the kind of prayers we wanna pray for people that they don't get uprooted from king, the kingdom. They don't get uprooted from the house of God. They don't get uprooted from the rivers of living water. They don't get uprooted from the love of God. Lord, keep your people rooted. I mean, this is the kind of prayers I want people praying for me, right? Um, what, what else does he pray here? He's praying, verse 18, that they may comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height to know the love of Christ. I mean, Lord, give them revelation. Give them comprehension of who you are. Show them God who you are, show them your love, reveal to them your love. I believe we gotta take 
these type of prayers into our prayer closet for people. This is this is the kind of prayers you pray for people you call to, you're called to. These are the kind of prayers we ought to pray for people. Uh, you know, and, and he's, he goes on to pray to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may, this is his prayer, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. I mean, if you're going to pray, folks, and you're praying for me, pray this. <laughs> I mean, pray, be led by the Spirit, but man, we need to pray this kind of stuff. This is what people need. They need spiritual strength. They need Christ to dwell in their hearts by faith. They need to be rooted and grounded in love. They need to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. They, I mean, humanity needs to be filled with all the fullness of God. All right, and the Bible says that Christ, Jesus, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in human bodily form. I mean, he's praying, fill them with yourself, oh God, all right? And so once again, pray for those you're called to, all right? Pray for those you're called to. All right, let's look at this here. And so I, I, I've kind of shared some of this, uh, but, but I just want to read it from my notes here, just this prayer and, and kind of what it's about. So, so let me read from my notes here. But more than anything, uh, Paul is praying for spiritual life, uh, spiritual vitality, okay? Um, they're inner man, right? And, and remember, guys, that we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. I'm telling you that the most important part of you, and not to downplay any other part of our being, is your spirit. Why? Because everything comes from there, right? Uh, we need to take care of our body, and eat healthy and longevity, and we need to um, make sure we have things that in life that we enjoy, that there is some sort of outlet we have for for our emotions, our mental health, and our body. I, you know, that, that let's not take away anything from that. But as a pastor, speaking to the eternal part of you, okay, your spirit, okay? Um, now, we don't want to emphasize spiritual things to the neglect of the areas of the emotions, the mind, and the body by any means. I believe that true spirituality actually empowers us by God to take care of those other things. If we're truly obedient to God, I believe that God will convict us and lead us in ways of being good stewards of every part of our being. But, but this prayer here is about the spirit man. It's about the spiritual condition. Um, I, I, I'm concerned with your spiritual condition. I I feel the weight of that as a pastor. I feel the concern of that as a pastor. And Apostle Paul here is talking about his Gentile brothers and sisters and, and all of the, the whole church in Ephesus. And he's like, man, this is my prayer for you. Um, I, I'm praying for these things, these, these deep things in the spirit that, that you're free from offense, that you're free from bitterness, that you're free from gossip, that you are you know, that these, these Ephesian believers are 
are getting rid of their idols and their idolatry and you know and their false gods and and their god their little goddess of Diana trinkets and you know their temple worship and their incense burning that's actually pagan worship and their sage and all this stuff that 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 obviously God created sage but they would be burning this stuff and it was like an it was like a spiritual act they were thinking that somehow this this incense and perfume and these offerings were somehow it was it was it was a spiritual operation and he's like praying for their freedom from that i mean this is what this they come from occult backgrounds and all kinds of witchcraft and paganism at least the the gentiles did and so that no wonder he's praying just such deep spiritual prayers because he's wanting them to walk out this salvation with fear and trembling with and walk in freedom, not just encounter Christ, but to walk with them, to, to get delivered and healed from all this stuff. And so more than anything, Paul is praying for their spiritual life and their spiritual growth. My prayer for you is that, is that um, more than anything, it's concerning your spiritual condition and that you would be rich in God. Um, that you would know his ways, that you would walk in revelation, that you would be full of the spirit, that you would be led by the spirit, that you would hear his voice, that you would overcome the, the trauma and the drama of your past, that you would live in victory and be rooted in the will of God and fulfilling divine purpose and walking in obedience. I mean, this is Paul's prayer for me. This is my prayer for you. We need to pray for people's inner man, as he said, okay? To be strong in spirit, to be full of the Holy Spirit, all right? This is, this is my prayer for you. This, this, is, this is what was going on in Ephesus. He, he was trying to like, I mean, when you come out of some pretty dark, deep, spiritual darkness, I mean, they were, I mean, orgies, uh, temple prostitutes. I mean, think about, I mean, just study history. Study Ephesian, ancient Ephesian culture. And you'll see what these people come out of. And here he is, Paul's just like, man, we're going to, we're doing a deep dive here. He wasn't just trying to be like, you know, the Lord loves you and and, and everything's going to be okay. And, you know, just come to church and everything. No, like, he's like, no, like, he, you know, he's praying you know, that, that they would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Hallelujah. Right? He's praying that Christ would dwell in their hearts with faith, rooted and grounded in love, knowing and comprehend with all the, saint, the, the saints the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that they'd be full of the fullness of God. All right? Filled to overflowing. Hallelujah. That's the kind of prayers we need to pray. All right, we're going to end with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. We'll end with this. And we got through Ephesians 3, folks. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen.
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I'm going to read it again. We probably quote this verse more than anything, but rarely do we do it in context. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with receiving from a verse and say, man, God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to his power that works in us. Amen to that. But let's, let, let's read this in context. Now to him who's able. Think about this. He's talking about spiritual things. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Christ. He's talking about the divine nature in us, talking about the mysteries of God, talking about the gospel, talking about people coming out of darkness, talking about people being positioned in heavenly places, speaking of Christ in us. That's what he's talking about. And he's saying now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power. Here's power again. Here's power again in Ephesians, power, Holy Ghost power according to the power that works in us. They needed power in Ephesus. They needed to understand power because demons were real and prevalent in that city. Um, demonic uh, religion, uh, pagan worship was real. Religious hate was real. So they needed power. He's like, man, God's gonna do exceedingly abundantly above everything we can ask or thank according to the power that works in us. And what he was asking was Christ to be revealed. All right, verse 21, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. Hallelujah, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for everybody today. I just pray, Lord, that you touch them, that you fill them with all the fullness of God, God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you strengthen with all might by your spirit in the inner man. I pray they be strong in the inner man. I pray their inner man rises up. I pray, God, that they wouldn't be controlled by demons. They wouldn't be controlled by temptation. I pray they wouldn't be controlled by their own emotions or controlled by even their own intellect. I pray that they wouldn't be controlled by just natural cognitive understanding. I pray that they would live by the Spirit and that their, that their whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless. I pray that they'd be strengthened in their inner man, that they'd be strong in spirit. I pray that they would be filled with might and power in the inner man, that God, I pray that you would do exceedingly abundantly all they could ask or think according to your power that works within them, Work in them, God, your will. Father, work your will, your ways, your plan, your purpose, and your gospel inside of your people, God. Now pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, Join us for one of our weekend gatherings and don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.